Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Eight Minutes of Ew, the place where we use curiosity and science to turn fear into fascination and those ews into oohs. By the way, I'm your host, Miss Mallory, the curious conservationist and self proclaimed grossologist. Let's get started. So last week, we talked about fruit-eating bats and carnivorous bats, but we ran out of time to chat more about one of my favorite types of bats. I'll give you a hint. It got its common name after our favorite blood-sucking Halloween character from Transylvania. Any guesses? The vampire bat, of course! Before we get into bats, I want to ask a question. How much blood do you think a vampire bat would need to consume if it were the size of Dracula? Now keep that number stored in your memory bank because I'll be sharing the little secret at the end. Although many assume bats are bloodthirsty monsters, very few species strictly feed on blood. Can you guess how many? I'll give you a hint. Lots of hints in this episode so far. It's the same number as the amount of pigs that wouldn't let that hairy stranger come in by the hairs on their chinny-chin-chin. That's right, just three. The common vampire bat, the hairy-legged vampire bat, and the white-winged vampire bat. Not only are they the only blood-drinking bats, but also the only blood-drinking mammals. All of them weigh about as much as a double-A battery. And don't worry, I know you're going to ask, they don't live in the United States. And even if they did live in the U.S., these blood drinkers are pretty picky. While the common vampire bats prefer mammal blood, mainly that of livestock like cattle, pigs, and horses, the other two species prefer bird blood, especially those from chickens. And just because I know you're wondering, I'll answer your question right now. Very rarely have vampire bats turned to humans for a meal. On a few occasions, sandal-wearing travelers that decided to camp without a tent in vampire bat habitat have noticed small cuts on their big toes, the telltale sign of a vampire bat feeding. So again, unless you're sleeping in a hammock in the warm regions of Southern Mexico, Central America, or South America, you really don't have anything to worry about. Want to hear something crazy, though? The vampire bat was first named into science in 1810, but it was named after the shape of its tooth and not its love for blood. It wasn't until many years later that the bat was seen feasting and was given another name after the infamous Dracula character. And to make things even more complicated, there is a bat known as Vampirum Spectrum, or the false vampire bat. This bat is the largest bat in North, Central, and South America, a region known as the New World, and is much bigger and more impressive than the itty-bitty true vampire bat. However, this bat is a carnivorous bat and prefers eating the whole animal instead of just its blood. The reason that non-blood-feeding bats have vampire-like names is the result of early zoologists who incorrectly claimed to have captured the mysterious blood-feeding animal reported by European explorers in the New World. So if you've ever seen a Dracula movie, I'm sure you know how vampires drink blood. 
But have you ever wondered how vampire bats drink blood? The area of the vampire bat's brain that detects sound has become so specialized that it can actually tell the difference between a breath of an animal that is sleeping versus one that's awake and just resting. So cool, right? This tiny wing crawler was made with a little extra love compared to other bats. It has an extra long, well-developed thumb to help it climb, plus extra strong wings and hind legs. Unlike other bats, vampire bats can walk, run, and even jump using their legs and the thumbs of their folded wings. This can be quite handy when you need to get up in the air and fly back to the roost with a full stomach. When it comes to feeding time, often the bats will go for an easy location, like an ankle, but sometimes the bat can't find a good spot and will climb up the animal's body to find a better one. And here is where the vampire bat's second superpower comes in handy. They have heat-sensing pit organs near their nose, kind of like that of a viper. These heat sensors allow the bat to find an area of the body where the blood flows closely to the skin. Now remember, one kick, flip, or even lick from a massive cow, and that batty becomes a patty. So the vampire bat is going to be very careful not to be noticed. Thankfully, the vampire bat's teeth are very sharp, so nothing even really notices when it makes its first nick. Once the perfect picnic spot is found, the bat uses its namesake, those thin blade-like incisors, to make a very small incision. This small cut is about three millimeters long. That's about the width of two pennies pushed together, a little more than half of a pencil top eraser, and about a quarter of the width of your pinky nail. Pretty sure we've all had paper cuts bigger than that. But in case the cow did seem to notice, the vampire bat's saliva, or spit, has a gift to give in the form of special pain-killing proteins. So in case any discomfort was felt, it wouldn't last long. Now, unlike the movies, true vampire bats don't just dig in and gulp down, but they're a bit more proper with their meal. With the help of other special ingredients in their saliva that prevents the blood from clotting at the wound site, <clears throat> hearing about blood clotting on the scab episode, remember, <clears throat> the bat can have a meal without any chunky interruptions. Now, this special ingredient is known as an anticoagulant, and researchers have given it the nickname Draculum. Pretty fitting, right? Because Duraculum prevents blood from clotting, researchers hope it could one day help stroke victims by dissolving blood clots that are starving the brain of oxygen. Okay, everyone, dig deep into those memory banks. It's time to answer that trivia question. How much blood do you think a vampire bat the size of Dracula would need to drink to fill up during mealtime? Well, the little lapper takes around 20 minutes to get its fill, which includes about 20 grams or two tablespoons of blood. It's about one and a half times its pre-feasting weight. So to make calculations a bit easier for Miss Mallory, let's say this Dracula-sized vampire bat was tall and weighed about 200 pounds. He would drink about 300 pounds of liquid during each meal. And if a gallon of water weighs roughly 8 pounds, which I assume is how much blood would weigh, 
he would need to consume almost 36 gallons of liquid to get full. Incredible! I can barely get my eight glasses of water in each day. Because the human body only holds about a gallon to a gallon and a half of blood, I don't even think we'd be worth the time of a man-sized vampire bat. It would need to consume three and a half cows, two draft horses, or half of an African elephant in order to be full after a meal. Thank goodness Dracula doesn't exist. (laughs) Well, my aspiring grossologists, my eight minutes are up. Way, way up. But thank you again for joining me to learn more about one of my favorite fear to fascination animals. I used to be terrified of bats growing up, and now I just love them. Bats are so important. And be sure to listen to the other bat podcasts if you haven't already. There are lots of very cool things in there. As always, please let me know if you enjoyed this episode. Your comments mean so much to me and will help make this podcast better. For more information, please check out the show notes and don't forget to subscribe and set those notifications so you don't miss the next eight minutes of ew. Thanks everyone. And don't forget to step outside and adventure.